So if you have your Bibles, you can turn in them to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Um, If you don't have a Bible, the scripture we're looking at is in your bulletin on the inside back cover. Um, We're just going to look at verse 6 today, but to catch the context, we'll start our reading in verse 1. So this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 2 through 6. Friends, listen, this is God's word. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Then verse 6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. This is God's word. So in this verse, in verse 6, Paul gives a really vivid illustration that tells the story of Timothy's life. And it doesn't just tell Timothy's story, but it tells some of the story of our lives as well. He sees there, he says, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Uh, and so, because he says this, yesterday I, I lit a fire. Uh-oh. So I lit a fire. Okay? Um, frankly, this is how many of our spiritual lives begin, right? A fire gets lit, um, and it begins to burn. Right? And as it burns... Over time, our fire sometimes begins to die, right? The fire goes dim, and then it goes out. Friends, this is where Timothy was when Paul wrote this letter. How many of you feel like this is where you are? Let me ask you a different question. How many of you, how many of you have people that you care about and you feel like this is their lives. This fire needs two things, right? It needs two things to get it back going. It needs wood and it needs wind, right? Wood and wind. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy to do. Paul's telling Timothy, you need to add some wood and add some wind to the fire. So you can see that's me there in the corner blowing on this fire. Wood and wind. Paul's telling Timothy, uh, it's interesting because Paul's words, this letter is the wood and the wind in Timothy's life. Paul's telling Timothy something that's, it's not easy actually. He's, He's given him a hard thing. He said grace, mercy, and peace. He said, I'm sure that you're in. He's given Timothy affirmation, but in this verse, he says, Timothy... You need to get it going again. Timothy, you need to get your act together. Timothy, you need to fan into flame the gift of God. Paul's saying, Timothy, yes, you're far from God, but guess who moved? God didn't move. You're the one who's moved. And the good news is that you can get back what you lost. Paul's telling Timothy, Timothy, you know what? You're better than this. 
And when Paul says you're better than this, Paul isn't saying this to shame Timothy. Because I know that's kind of how I feel when I hear that phrase, you're better than this. No, no, no. Paul is saying this because he wants to not shame Timothy, but to remind Timothy of who he really is. And the wood and the wind kindle, rekindle this fire. Some of you need to hear this same message today, that you've forgotten who you are. Some of you need the wood and the wind of God's word and of discipleship, right? You need someone. You need me. You need God. You need someone in your life to come and to remind you of who you are. And then so many of you, you need actually to share this with someone else in your life, right? Some of you need to hear this and some of you need to share this with others, so that God can use the wood that comes from you, the wind that comes from you, to rekindle the fire in them. And so this includes all that we see here in this passage. This includes words of affirmation like we saw last week, but it also sometimes includes hard things. Sometimes we need to say things that aren't comfortable. Sometimes we need to say things that people don't necessarily want to hear or that we don't want to have to say. You know, the biggest problem is that I think we don't realize that we need to do this with each other. Okay? So many of us think, you know what? Like, they're not my responsibility. Right? Or it's not my job to worry about their spiritual life. And I want to tell you, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, we can't change anybody. We can't make anybody do anything. But God wants to use the wood and the wind of your presence and your words to bring other people back to life. And so some of us don't know that this is part of our calling, that we have to do this. Um, Frankly, some of us are just afraid to do it. If you're afraid to do it, you're not alone. I'm afraid to do this sometimes. Um, when you have to say that thing that's difficult, like you don't want to. You don't want to feel like you're supposed to do this. And then the third thing that, that, that's problematic for us is that we don't know how to do it. Right? What exactly do we say? How, how exactly do we share the hard things? And so that's what we're going to look at today as we look at this verse, this verse 6, um, in, in, in saying the hard things. And so um, what I want you to see first, this is the first blank in your outline, is that saying hard things in relationships should be normal. Okay? It should be normal. This kind of thing should be normal in your friendships. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So if it's a friend who is wounding you, um, it's a sign of God's faithfulness to you. We need people in our lives who will shoot straight with us, don't we? If you don't have anyone in your life who's close enough to you to say the hard things to you, do you know who you are? Um, You're the emperor in his new clothes. Right? How do you know if no one's willing to tell you? If you're not willing to invest in a relationship to the point where you're willing to hear this from people, where you encourage people to invite them 
If you don't have this, you're walking around naked and you have no idea. But how do we do this? Right? This text gives us three principles uh, and then we'll get specific in our application. And so the first principle that we see here is that you want to say hard things second. Okay? Say hard things second. The hard things should always come second. Okay? You do need to say hard things at times, but it should always be second. Right? What comes first? That's right. Affirmation. Paul makes sure, Paul does this. Look, verse 5, I am reminded of your genuine faith, your sincere faith. I am sure this faith dwells in you. And then look at verse 6, he says, for this reason. You see that? For this reason. The reason Paul's saying the hard thing here, the reason Paul's saying, Timothy, get your act together, the reason Paul's saying this, it's because, Timothy, I love you. It's because I'm sure. I'm not saying this because you're outside of God's family. I'm saying this because you're in. Timothy, it's because I love you. It's because I care about you. And so, so the hard things come second. Affirmation is first. You want to convince people with your words, hopefully in, from your relationship, um, that you love them. Right? We can say it this way. Affirmation care for others, serving others, earns you the right to say the hard things. And the hard things come out of relationship. Right? If you don't have a relationship, maybe you shouldn't be saying anything. And so we want to say the hard things second. Second point, saying hard things renews others. Okay, the second part of this verse says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, right? Paul's saying, I want to, you to rekindle this gift that's in you. I want to get it back. Um, so it's not about being right. You don't say the hard things so that you can be the person who says the hard things, right? Some people kind of like that. Um, I had a friend who just loved the fact that he could just tell anybody anything, anytime he wanted, and he didn't care what they thought. That's not what we're aiming at here. Because <laughs> the point is to rekindle the flame, right? And sometimes, if you're to dump stuff on a fire that's dying, you could put it out. The purpose here, again, it's not about being right, but it's about bringing someone back to life. Okay, it's not, by being, it's not about being better than someone else. It's about deepening your mutual love and trust. I'm sharing this with you because I care. And we have to remember this. When it comes time to say the hard thing, you've got to remember that, again, your purpose is not to be right. It's to bring restoration. It's to bring renewal. That's why you're saying the hard thing. And I have to remember this, because when I get into conflict, and it happens, um, shoot, anytime it happens, it feels like it's more often than it should. Um, but in the church, when I'm, you know, I'm good at arguing, you know, and not just because I'm a pastor, but... I mean, just my wiring. Like, I'm good at arguing. I'm good at thinking things through. I'm good at dissecting things down to their little bitty parts. And if you come at me, I can weasel my way out of things. I can justify myself. I can tell you exactly why I said it and what I meant and then what you meant when you said this. And I can kind of walk it all the way through until when we're done. Sometimes, if you're not equipped, you'll think, um, well, I, I guess he's right. Um, I mean, he is a pastor. 
I don't really feel good about this, but I don't know what else to do, <laughs> right? You can ask Lainey. I used to make her feel this way a lot. Um, not so much anymore. I'm getting better at it, although I still struggle with it, right? And so I have to remind myself, look, it's not about being right when you have to say the hard thing. It's about their restoration. It's about their renewal. Like That's the goal. And sometimes being right can be wrong. You can be right and have them leave and the fire is gone. So you have to remember, you have to remember that the goal of this is that it deepens love and respect and hope for the other person. So the hard thing, it actually calls people back to life. I mean, that's sort of the, the, the flip side encouragement here. When you have to say the hard thing, we have to tell somebody, look, this isn't you, or you've forgotten who you are, or come on, let's get going here. Like, stop screwing around. Um, when you're doing that, you're, you're actually giving them the ability to get back to what they want, which is to feel close to God again. Right? Just to be close to God. And so saying hard things renews others. And then the last thing is that saying hard things, it reminds us of the gospel. It reminds us of the gospel. Because this is what Paul says. Look, he says, I remind you to fan into flame, what? The gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And so this specifically, Paul's referring to, he's referring to Timothy's ordination. That when Timothy was ordained to be a pastor, Paul and the elders of the church laid their hands on him and invested him with this calling to this ministry to be a pastor. And so Paul is telling Timothy to rekindle that. And what's wonderful about this is that what Paul is saying is, he's not saying, Timothy, I need you to, to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But what he's saying is, Timothy, I need you to kindle afresh or to fan into flame what God is already doing in you. Okay, and so saying hard things, it reminds us of the gospel. It reminds us, you know what? That, yeah, up, that, that, that on your own, you can't do this. On your own, there is no light. On your own, there is no heat. But you're not on your own. And so when we go to people, when we have to say the hard thing, we want to make sure that we're reminding, we're reminding them that, you know what? You have this treasure of the gospel in you. That God is in you. His gift is in you. And what's wonderful about this, again, is that this, this gift of God, it came from outside of you. God did this. God did this in you. And God did this in you in a way that was confirmed by other people. And so there are times when we really want to emphasize the reality that um, that every one of us needs to have a personal relationship with God, and there's ways that you know God that you can't explain to anybody, right? There's a personal, subjective experience of God um, that's part of the Christian life. And it's, that experience is different depending on your wiring, depending on your personality. Our experience of God is different. But there are times when God wants it to be really clear to you that what you have comes from outside of you. So when your experience isn't there, when you don't feel it, God wants you to know it's not about how you feel. It's about who I am. And so we want to remind people of that. Because when we have to say the hard things, typically they're not feeling it. Right? Usually they might feel far from God. And so we come and we say, man, remember the gospel. 
right? I'm not asking you to do anything but what God is doing in you, right? Let's go back and remember that God's done something to you. Christ has done work for you. Christ is working in you, and Christ wants to work through you in the fullness of the gospel. And that's the reason why you can rekindle that flame. And so, specifically, what does this look like? Um, so, here's the best way to make this a regular part of your relationships, okay? The best way, because maybe y'all are like, yeah, okay, I get it, I'm with you, but I'm not going to say anything, <laughs> right? I'm just afraid. I don't want to do this. I don't want this to be a regular part of my relationship. I know what that feels like. I know how I feel when someone tells me the hard things. I don't like it. And frankly, I know how nervous I get and how I feel when I have to tell somebody else the hard thing. So I'm going to give you something that you can do, okay? Here's the best way to make this a regular part of your relationships. Ask. Ask. You can do this in the form of questions. Okay, I'm going to give you two of them. Ask people this question. How are you doing in this area of your life? How are you doing? How are you doing in this area of your life? Um, time with God, um, family relationships, if you're married, how's your marriage? Uh, how's work going? Right? Just ask people, how are you doing? How are you doing in this area of your life? Um, and then you can ask this, how are you doing in the areas where you want to grow? You know, so presumably if you have a relationship and you know, I want to grow in this area, my boss is this, and so I'm trying to get this going, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to be more like this at work. So how's that going? You know what, I've been praying for you, and frankly, that you shared this with me last time was such um, a, a wonderful expression of honesty. I really appreciated that you were honest with me before about your struggles at work. How are you doing? Right? So I prayed, I affirmed, and then I asked right? Sometimes it's just getting the hard thing on the table, right? A lot of times um, we don't need to press in and force someone to tell us something because if you've got a good, if you have a good intentional friendship where you're trying to help each other grow spiritually, sometimes all you need to do is ask. All you need to do is ask. And so it's not always confrontational. Um, and so, again, I think this is the best way to do it. This is the, the easiest way to do it, and I think it's the best way to do it. Um, now, if you ask and you feel like they're not being forthcoming, right? Maybe, or maybe you know something that you need to talk about. Um, I mean, then you want to affirm, and then you can ask. So, can I ask you about this? Or, you know what? I have appreciated our friendship um, so much. And because I love you, I want to ask you something, or I want to ask you about this area, or I want to tell you something that I see. And this is how you do it. It doesn't have to get more complicated than that. And again, when you do this, if you remember, again, sometimes the hard question or saying the hard thing, if you do it second and you realize that what you're doing is you are seeking renewal, and you remind them of the gospel, this will take your relationships 
in a radically deeper area. This will take your relationships far deeper because what you'll be doing is you'll be pressing into the areas of need. Um, more often than not, uh, when I've engaged in this and I've had to push a little bit, even just sometimes just ask and someone is just dying for someone to ask them how it's going. Right? Sometimes you ask and you feel like the floodgates open because they're just so glad that someone cared enough to invite them to talk about what's going on in their lives. And then other times when you push, again, if you remember the gospel, if you remember to be able to say, look, I'm not asking you this because I think I'm perfect and you're not. All of us are broken. All of us have areas of struggle. None of us are without sin. All of us have real issues that plague us constantly. And so I'm asking because I care. Or I see something that I want to talk to you about because I care. When you do that, again, God will use you. God will use you to give life to others. When you have that conversation, that's you putting wood and wind on someone else's fire, and it will light them up again. And what's awesome is that as they get going, guess what happens to your flame? Yeah. Yeah, it changes you too. And so hopefully last week you worked on affirmation. Um, this week, thinking about this, is there someone that God is putting on your heart? Is there a name, a face, someone that really needs to hear how much you love them, that you love them so much that you're willing to ask them how they're doing? This week, let's look and ask God who? Who can I love in this way? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, that your word uh, not only affirms us, but your word confronts us. Thank you uh, that your grace um, is the beginning, the middle, and the end of the story, even in confrontation. Father, thank you for giving us everything that we need for life and godliness. We confess that we who have all of your blessings, we don't live by your blessings. Uh, Father, together we confess that we are broken people. And, and we don't just say that because it sounds like a good thing to say, but we really believe, Father, together as a family, um, with me leading our church right now as we pray, all of us confess that there is stuff that goes on in our lives that is not pleasing to you. There are relationships that we have. There are activities that we do. There's things that we don't do that don't make you happy. It's why we confess our sins every week. And Father, we bring that to you and we are so grateful for the grace and the forgiveness and the acceptance of Jesus. Thank you that he lived perfectly so that it's okay that we don't. Thank you that he died so that we don't have to be punished and suffer for our sins. Thank you that he rose so that we can know joy in your presence. Put on our hearts, Father, who, who we might need to talk to this week, who we can show your redeeming love to as we bring it up so that they can be set free. 
Father, this is the kind of community we want to be. These are the kind of people that we know San Diego needs. They don't need self-righteous people. They don't need proud people. They need people who know their own stuff and are humbled by it. And so create a sense of welcome for everyone else. Make us those people. And make us those people together this week. In Jesus' name, amen.